0: Hello and welcome to Mindful of Everything, with me, Agrita, a podcast giving you insights to the mind of deep thinkers, where in each episode I'll be discussing various thoughts and questions deep thinkers often find themselves mindful of, from topics such as climate change to self-development and everything else in between. So, let the journey of mind unravelling begin now. Today's episode is going to be more informative and scientific so before you do listen to today's episode if you haven't already please do check out my climate change should be our priority series in which I discuss three main reasons as to why I think and why you should also think that climate change should be one of the main issues of society today that we are focusing on therefore making it our priority. So without wasting any more time let's begin. We all know that the climate crisis has become a major, major issue of society and we also understand how big of a role we as humans play in making climate change how it is today. In my climate change series I touched on a few different ways in which we as individuals and as countries and as the world in general can do to help reduce our impact on the climate. Of course, reduction of our impact on the planet is a major, major thing that we need to do because that is exactly why we have caused this anthropogenic climate change, why this climate crisis is occurring right now. But there are many other ways that we can help in restoring our ecosystems and the planet back to as much as it was before, so its original state. There are many other mitigation strategies that we can use as humans, to help with this climate crisis, one of which is habitat and environmental restoration. So restoring degraded habitats back to the original state, back to natural habitats. Ecosystems are very dynamic, but they are functioned to balance out influxes and outfluxes. Ecosystems, habitats are very, very good at balancing what's coming in and what's coming out. Therefore, when we disturb natural cycles in ecosystems, for example, carbon and nitrogen cycles, ecosystems eventually end up collapsing because they're not able to naturally balance out the fluxes. So yes, we do need to heavily focus on reducing human emissions and also investing in renewable energy. But we also really need to focus on preserving environment habitats Ecosystems, especially those that are very much untouched and those that are very, very degraded, very fragmented, so we can achieve a more natural environment across the world. There are many forms of habitat restoration as you can imagine, but the first one that usually comes to our mind is reforestation. In fact, I think there's a major movement right now going on in terms of planting trees to save the planet to save us from this climate crisis. It may be because planting trees is a relatively easy procedure compared to other techniques and mitigation strategies, and it's something that individuals themselves can do. You can actually feel like you're helping in reducing this climate crisis and our impact on the planet. And it is true, the ability of trees to uptake carbon through photosynthesis and also through nutrient uptake really makes them very, very big carbon stocks. They're able to store that carbon in their biomass and therefore reduce the amount of carbon in the atmosphere. So it makes sense that everybody emphasises on planting trees and reforestation as one of the climate change mitigation strategies that we can use. In terms of talking about the potential reforestation has to sequester carbon from the atmosphere, it is the single largest natural form of carbon sequestration in the US alone compared to any other form of habitat management. The IPCC has also suggested that if we boost global forest cover, it could store around a quarter of the atmospheric carbon, which will majorly help to limit global warming to that 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold that the IPCC has set. So you can see how important reforestation is, how important trees are as carbon stores, as carbon sinks. Reforestation, however, is not just limited to sequestering carbon from the atmosphere. Trees provide a lot of other benefits, for example, better quality of water, flood management, providing habitats for species, creating forest products, the list goes on. So reforestation not only helps us with the climate crisis, it also helps us in restoring habitats in general and providing for communities that so heavily depend on forests, which is essentially all of us. Very recently, so in 2019, a study showed just how much potential reforestation has currently. It was found that planting more than a half trillion trees could capture up to 205 gigatons of carbon. So that's reducing around about 25% of atmospheric carbon. That is a major amount just by reforesting, just by planting trees. It is so big that it is enough to offset around 20 years of anthropogenic input of carbon into the atmosphere. So it really does make sense that we emphasise so much on planting trees when it comes to climate change mitigation. But you must be thinking, why is it that I have labelled today's episode as planting trees won't save the world? Even though it sounds really reassuring and very comforting to hear that reforestation, something that we can do as individuals, if we of course get the permission, can really help with the climate crisis. But unfortunately, it is much, much more complex than that. We can't just rely on planting trees and hoping that it will reduce the amount of carbon in the atmosphere or it will help reduce the rate at which climate change is occurring right now. It is much more complex than that and that is exactly why I wanted to create this episode to kind of clear away any misconceptions people have about reforesting and the notion that planting trees is a major, major thing that we should be focusing on and perhaps not looking at other things. This study alone, you can find the link on my website, has received a healthy amount of criticism already from the scientific community. A lot of questions arise about how accurate these estimates are for the potential of carbon uptake from reforesting. Of course, you do need to remember that these figures are just estimates. They can be underestimates and overestimates. In terms of the viability of global reforestation, many questions arise when we talk about how much money and resources will actually be needed in order to reforest in such global scales. How long would it take for carbon to be sequestered at large amounts? And what about the carbon release during reforestation? Whenever reforestation schemes go forward, usually land that has been degraded has to be cleared out and of course you can imagine that is going to be releasing quite a lot of carbon. So these things kind of need to be looked at before stating that reforestation is the best climate change mitigation strategy we can use on a global scale. This paper recommended reforesting areas as large as the US and Canada combined. So that is a lot of trees. Of course, there's going to be a major problem with that. You you have to have a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of resources put into reforesting areas as large as the US and Canada. Just the act of planting more trees could take thousands of years. And then once you plant those trees, you need to now wait for those trees to reach maturity, for them to effectively sequester carbon. Because the younger the trees are, the less potential they have to take up carbon in large amounts compared to mature trees. When you wait for trees to mature, that can take hundreds of years. So you really do need to think about how long these reforestation schemes will take to actually get into action. How long would we need to wait for the plantations to become really useful carbon sinks? Deforestation has increased rapidly in the past 50 years or so, and a lot of forests have now become very fragmented and degraded. The UN's Food and Agricultural Organization, FAO, has stated that around 7.3 million hectares of forests have already been lost, so around about half of Earth's natural forests have already been cleared. So of course we do need to rely on plantations to help restore those areas but to fully depend on planting new trees is something that is problematic not just because you have to wait for those trees to mature and you have to have a lot of resources and money to plant so many trees at such a big scale but you also need to consider how reforestation will impact climate change and also surrounding ecosystems. For instance, how would reforestation impact surface albedo? An increase in canopy cover will always lower the surface albedo of the earth and therefore the net energy budget will increase. So you'll have more energy lost from forests if you increase forest cover, resulting in a warming effect. However, if you increase canopy cover, you'll also be increasing evapotranspiration. And if you have more water being lost from trees, you'll have a cooling effect. So again like I said it's a very complex issue. There's not just one process occurring when you talk about ecosystems, there are many processes occurring and so you have to see the balance. If you increase reforestation will you have more of a warming effect or will you have more of a cooling effect? This really does also depend on the type of climate, so tropical or boreal, depends on where the forest is geographically. Other climatic factors also play a big role, for instance, water and sunlight availability. When we talk about the ecosystem as a whole that is being reforested, you have to think about whether these reforested areas will provide similar conditions to ecosystems before deforestation. So if you reforest areas, are you helping that ecosystem return to its original state or are you making it deviate from that? Restoring original biodiversity from natural forests will of course be very difficult because it's not just about trees, it's also about different factors that make up the ecosystem. For example, soils, the composition of the soils. Fragmentation usually changes ecosystems permanently or so much so that their natural functions are basically lost, resulting in irreversible changes. So how would reforestation impact an ecosystem we only want to try to return it to its original state the global reforestation potential is also very variable it's not equal it's not equally spread across the globe potential is basically highest in areas that have experienced the highest amount of deforestation and that is essentially just six countries so russia usa canada australia brazil for example the amazon fires that i did make a bonus episode on you can check that out and China. So these six countries have the highest reforestation potential because they have deforested the most. So again, efforts of reforestation do of course need to be centred around these countries. It's not something that all countries do need to focus on. Of course we do have deforestation occurring globally, but these six countries have the most amount of work to do in terms of reforesting. So you can see how complex reforesting actually is. It's not just about planting trees and hoping for the best. There are many, many other processes that play a major role in impacting the success of reforesting. One of the biggest issues, I think, of reforestation that I came across, basically why I wanted to create this episode today, is the problem of monocultures through tree plantations that are occurring across the globe. For anyone that is not really familiar, about monocultures. It's essentially planting the same species, it could be trees or it could be plants, across very large areas. The problem with these monocultures is essentially the loss of biodiversity. Natural forests have that biodiversity, they have a diverse amount of tree species, and of course, each tree species will support different species. So, different animal species, insect species, the list goes on. So you end up losing a vast amount of species that were dependent on those tree species that you have now removed and replaced with a random tree species. It ends up changing the entire system, the entire structure of the ecosystem. And it really, really disrupts the ecosystem services because there could have been keystone species that were dependent on trees that are now no longer present those species will basically become extinct and key ecosystem services will not be able to be delivered. The problem of monocultures and reforestation schemes that are occurring at global scales is very much connected. Because around 45% of promised new forests worldwide are actually just monoculture plantations of species such as acacia and eucalyptus. Because they're both very fast growing and they're very good at making pulp for paper. This has basically occurred because of international pressures. For instance, the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement and also the Bonn Challenge, which is forcing countries to focus more on reforesting. And instead of actually helping with the problem, countries are now trying to reach those targets by choosing to plant monocultures just so they can show to international bodies that, look, we have... Reforested so much, and it's really helping because it's helping us to sequester carbon. And sure, it will be. For example, China's land use policy has turned arable land into intensively managed forests, and that has resulted in a major carbon sink occurring in China. Apparently, it has already offset 33% of China's annual fossil fuel emissions since 2012. So, China has definitely been able to create this massive carbon sink. But unfortunately, the problem is, is that their plantations are basically 99% monocultures. So yes, in terms of creating that carbon sink, they have succeeded. But in terms of increasing biodiversity and making degraded areas turn into natural forests, they have failed. Another example is Brazil, around about 82% of reforestation is just monoculture plantations. Monocultures don't just impact ecosystem structure and biodiversity, it also impacts the amount of carbon uptake a particular area of forest can actually undergo. If degraded forests were just allowed to regrow, once they are restored, they could capture up to 3 billion tonnes of carbon annually up to 60 years. In fact, natural forests have shown to store up to 40 times more carbon than plantations, than monoculture plantations alone. Scientific research has shown that plantations are only able to hold a little more carbon than the carbon emitted to clear the land and plant those trees. Agroforestry, so growing trees on cropland, is six times more potent in taking up carbon compared to plantations, but only a seventh of natural forests. So overall, natural forests and allowing Integrated habitats to regrow, to restore, to regenerate is what we need to be focusing on rather than having monoculture plantations. Because not only are we limiting the amount of carbon that is being sequestered from the atmosphere, but we are also losing a lot of biodiversity and permanently disrupting ecosystems and their structure and their ability to function. Restoring habitats may seem difficult, especially when. They have been changed so much that the changes become irreversible. But what's somewhat reassuring is that only a quarter of deforested habitats are actually permanent. The other three quarters are actually very able to be restored in a natural way. How can we do this? Well, essentially, we need to just preserve degraded forests that are in the process of restoring. So we need to essentially cut off those areas that are degraded and are showing signs of regeneration and restoration and we need to make sure that no anthropogenic activity is occurring in those areas. So a major thing we need to do is just increase the amount of protected areas to allow them to regenerate naturally. Natural regeneration has shown to be in fact the cheapest and easiest option that we have available compared to intensive management And any other form of human management we have for forests, including plantations. So, essentially, just protecting these degraded lands that are recovering from human disturbances, such as fires and further deforestation, and intensive management as well. As I mentioned before, geography has a major part to play, and studies have shown that natural restoration should also be prioritized more in the tropics, so, for example, the Amazon or the Congo Basin. This is because Trees in the tropics have higher biomass, as you can imagine, compared to boreal forests. So, of course, if we focus on restoring areas of higher biomass, you will increase the amount of carbon stored in trees and therefore make a more effective carbon sink. So, yes, restoration, reforestation is important, but it really does depend on the location of the forest that you're looking at. And whether reforestation is the best option or something else is the better option according to the location. So the idea of natural restoration is just to build on existing carbon stocks instead of creating more carbon stocks. Reforestation will definitely be included in this, but reforestation should just be a section of it. It shouldn't be a whole strategy on its own. That's what I'm trying to get at. If you've deforested areas, you do need to reforest, of course, but it shouldn't be a solution on its own. It should be part of the natural restoration process. When it comes to plantations, agroforestry should definitely be chosen over plantations where possible, and monocultures should be avoided and replaced for mixed species plantations. Once you have these natural forests, you just need to label these as protected areas and prevent those areas from turning back into agricultural land, or to be used as any other form when we talk about anthropogenic activity. So just to sum up, reforestation, planting trees, is definitely very important, especially because deforestation has occurred. But when we do reforest, we need to remember that reforestation is just as complex as climate change itself. There are many processes that impact it, its ability to turn into a stable carbon sink, as well as the impact of planting trees on the ecosystem. We just need to remove this notion that trees are basically natural carbon dioxide vacuums for the planet and understand that complexity has a major role to play when we talk about habitat restoration, especially planting trees. We very much got into this climate crisis very easily. It is now much harder to actually solve the climate crisis, to contain it and to reduce our impact on the climate. It is very, very complex, but it is not impossible. Therefore, investing more time into actually understanding the impacts of certain mitigation strategies that we use to help with the climate crisis will in fact help us in achieving a planet that is healthy and sustaining for current and future generations. Thank you for listening. I hope you've gained a little more insight to what it's like to be mindful of everything. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on your favourite podcast app to be up to date with episode releases and go over to my website mindfulofeverything.home.blog to get more information. This is Agrita with the Mindful of Everything podcast and I shall see you next time.